AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Preview Newcastle Watford. Windy. Review. What? It's a review, mate. Review. Uh, news and articles, stuff that was written on the Fighting Cocks website. Um, there's a story about poo at the end, so if that you don't like that sort of stuff, you could turn off earlier. Uh, some questions and that. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock! Oh, I'm in a shambles here, boys. We started the podcast three times. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, Fighting Cock, episode 48, season 8 of the Fighting Cock podcast. Today I'm joined by Felonius Phil. Hello. And I've got Bardi. Hello. Uh, and I've had problems with my tooth. And I'm under lot, I've taken lots of painkillers today. And I feel very kind of, I feel like shit's going to come out of my mouth that I might regret. Um, so apologies for that. And anything does that it's offensive, then um, well, uh, you just forgive me. Um, how you been, boys? Not bad. Not bad. It's um, been a stressful week of football, just for the fact that we haven't necessarily got what we deserve, despite getting everything we deserved in terms of uh, results. Does that make any sense? A little bit. <laughs> well, <what? laughs> I'm, I'm pretty. Made, I'm pretty made up considering all the injuries I've had. 
It's uh, continuing to get three points, and you know people thought we would struggle. We are struggling, but we're still winning, which is mm. fundamentally what it's about. Last week, I said on the, on the podcast that we what we want is for people to leave reviews on 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 iTunes and rate us and you know, five stars and all that shit. But um, as a way of kind of promoting that, we asked people to write whatever they wanted. Doesn't matter what what it is, we would read it out verbatim. It could be racist, it could be sexist, misogynistic. It could be about midgets, whatever it is, right? <laughs> we would have re- we would have read it out, yeah. So we had two, two people bothered to do it, and God bless these two people. And this is what they had to say: as an avid Spurs fan, this is from Sunil H. As an avid Spurs fan, this is the funniest, most insightful, and entertaining pod I've ever heard. Always look forward to hearing it, and the guys who make the the, the audio are legends. Keep up the amazing work. You can't ever retire from this. I unsubscribe. I unsubscribed off. Other Spurs podcasts. I need to listen to this. Being on the focus, and that's lovely, but it isn't entertaining. All right. If I could delete that, I would. <laughs> uh, next one from Crazy Baby nineteen eighty four. He says, "Always look forward to listening to the pod, but especially when we had a, when we had a bad result and the media sources talk as if we were going to get relegated. The pod bring, brings a human element to a somewhat embarrassing world of football media. Just listened with my son Lincoln, who was born on the twenty seventh of January. He enjoyed it too." Like, congratulations on having a kid. Lovely. Again, if I delete, I, I would delete that. There's no value here. What we want is people to write reviews of something that was a, you know gives us a little bit of comedy, a little bit kind of on the edge, on the line, yeah. and then we'll read them out. If it's just praising us, then shove it up your ass. <laughs> All right? Fair enough. Can't say fair than that. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get on with the pod then. Uh... Like, like we just talked about, three very awkward games you can call kind of Fulham, Watford, and Newcastle. But I think we deserved three points in all of them. I thought we, you know, we were the better team, uh, but we had to wait very late on. And then, yeah. th- at any point during those three games, especially the Newcastle game, did you think yeah, it weren't going to happen? I, I think the the Fulham game and the Watford game have taught us to, that we can keep going till the end. And the fact that Newcastle were dropping deeper and deeper. And we were having stuff saved off the line. I, I did have faith we would score a goal. Obviously, I was still surprised when we did because I keep the faith a lot. But, you know, eventually you can't defend like that for, for 90 minutes and not concede at some point. What about you, T? Yeah, I was pretty confident we we're, were going to score. You know, we just kept we kept banging on the door. You know, we kept pushing them further and further back. And I think when everything had that shot cleared off the line, I thought, yeah, they can't keep this up. There's absolutely no way. And... Um, I just think having Son there is just the equaliser, really. I guess it's like a bit like Deontay Wilder. He's, got the, he's always got the equaliser with the right hand. Mm-hmm. Son's got the equaliser being able to shoot with either foot. And it's difficult to stop. You see it coming, but you can't stop it. Um, the keeper could have done better, but we had Tim Krul had the game of his life a few years ago. He won't have that game again. So. He actually played pretty well, the goalkeeper. Yeah, he's, he's very good. I think he signed for them last season, and he's done very well for them. And um, he's probably their man of the match, which says it all, but... We deserve to win, and we just we just kept going. I mean, it's a patched-up team, and we'll probably talk about the team that started in a bit, but I think we deserve to win, and I, I didn't really lose faith. Do you know what I think is mental that Son's come from kind of being away? Twice. He, <laughs> twice, yeah. He's landed, he played 90 minutes, scored in the last 10 minutes, and then our next league game, he's done it again, yep. scoring in the last 10 minutes. Jack Pitbrook wrote a great uh, article on Sun Today in The Independent, and he talks about just how important Sun is to us, like even more so than Ericsson, because I think Sun, other than I think Sun's probably the only player apart from Kane who can win a game on his own with a with one run or one twist, and he is he's vital to us now, and, and he has become he's become our most important player. We can we can survive without Kane as we kind of doing now but I don't know when we don't have Sun we, we do struggle Is it because he offers pace and a kind of directness that our other players don't like we the strengths of Ericsson aren't that and never will be you kind of Lamella again I think what was the you made a comment on the WhatsApp group can you say that? Lame, yeah Lamella is like um, putting on uh, having great foreplay then having to stop to put on a condom Yeah He just he, he builds that momentum it's going to happen yeah it looks great and then it just all of a sudden you start fiddling and you get that smell of latex, and what? everything just kind of. When you've had that, that that experience in your in your life, how, what, do you have a kind of? Do you have to just do you stop it? Everyone has to stop, and you've got to sit on the bed with your bare ass cheeks sitting out, and just put, put on this. Pop. And then you put it on the wrong way around. It takes even longer. Oh, for fuck's sake. And then, and then it misses. It's drying up. It you know, it stinks. 
<laughs> well, I, don't, I, I prefer fruit ones. They're quite strong. They don't they don't break. Fruit ones. Yeah, fruit, fruit Durex. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's what Lemelo is. Lemelo is edging. Yeah. Like bad edging, not good edging. Yeah. It's like yeah, like you're you're gonna explode and then anyway. I mean, um, there's plenty to admire about Lamella. His his work rate and the way he winds up his shit house and skills. There's plenty to admire, but I just think we've reached. I personally reached that point a while ago where I think as a starter, he, he he's just not good enough for what we need. I think what people don't see, what you won't see in stats, is how people like Lamella make other teams play, make them have to shape, shape up against us. And mm. Lamella is someone, fair enough, he's annoying, but he gave Newcastle stuff to think about, you mm. know, and he could have scored that header as well. Um, he didn't play well, I'm not going to say he did, but just his tenacity and his work rate does give teams something to think about. And, and that's, not so, that's probably something that Pochettino admires. Yeah, and it's an underrated thing because it's, it's so difficult to break teams down like Newcastle and Watford and, you know, kind of Burnley this season as well. And having a, a player in there to cause a little bit of confusion and the way he plays isn't conventional. The kind of rolling of the ball under the foot, the kind of carrying the ball, it kind of waits for the player to come out of position before passing. And that has a bigger effect on your overall ability to play football than it would be immediately obvious. Yeah, he's an instinctive footballer. And when he has time to think about stuff, I mean, he's said about so many players, but let me put an example of that. You look at the um, the Ericsson winning goal against Manchester City all those years ago, and that pass from Lamella was amazing. Mm, I but, remember it, yeah. you know, when he does stuff, when he does stuff, stuff off the cuff, it's really good. But when he's like, when he's an attack on the go, and he's got to really think about what he's got to do next, sometimes all just stand on the board, then the momentum's gone. One thing that occurred to me when I was watching the Watford game and, and the Newcastle one is how much, and this is an obvious, obvious thing, but how much class we have about the way we play football, how, how much better our footballers are than, than those teams. And I know that is obvious, but there's, I just, there, was, there was a grace to the way we were playing football, whereas other teams that are kind of lower down the league are kind of completely kind of a void of all, all of that. Yeah, we're, we're not passing it side to side just for passing it side to side for, for the sake, sake of it. Of it yeah. We are moving the ball and the only way you can get a team who's dropped deep and is filling the gaps is to continue to kind of switch the ball. Yes, we could probably do it a bit quicker on, on occasions, but there's a, there's a method to how we're playing. And um, sometimes there are screams, swing it in, swing it in, which we don't often do. One, because we don't always have a, a big striker in there, but because... You, once you throw it into the gods, you're then um, relying on a little bit of luck. Mm. And I think Pochettino prefers us to play without having to rely on luck so much. It's amazing how, and it's probably something to do with how narrow Newcastle were in midfield, but how much width we had. Mm. Um, Vertonghen put in some excellent crosses um, in, in the first half. Um, but it was kind of like, what sort of hang on, we're suddenly whipping balls in, but the player that would love that kind of service is on the bench. We've got Lucas Moru, you know, as, as much as he tries, he's, he isn't the centre forward. Was playing kind of that false nine, I guess. Um, but we kind of saw a style of play that was suited to to Lorente. Um, <clears throat> what did you think of the lineup and Vertonghen starting at left back? And is he just protecting Rose? Is that what's going on? Well, I don't know if Rose can play two games in a week. Um, yeah. It doesn't seem to start every game. From that point of view, the lineup was a bit weird, a um, bit of a lopsided. He has got, he, he has got a history of rotating. Fullback game in game out. To be fair, he's rotated the team a fair bit this season. Um, mm. I don't know what the stats are for for our rotation, but he doesn't play the same team every single game. And we've got a thin squad as it is, so he's kind of getting the most the most out of them. I saw a tweet. I think it's about Tom Foyne. Says that um, our best um, Vertonghen, our centre back, is our second best left back. Um, <laughs> ben Davis, who's a left back, is our third best centre <laughs> half, and just went through like a whole list of um, yeah. weirdness about our squad. Yeah. But Vertonghen is someone who's just, um, he's always on the front foot at left back. And I like, it's good having him there, but I don't want it to be a full-time no, thing. But he, he played well. But someone pointed out, as, again, that, that put there, is that um, against Watford, we put in apparently four, over 40 crosses against Watford. I didn't realise that. Because Watford, I didn't really watch the entire game. See, it seems like a lot. Yeah. I mean, um, Vertonghen was whipping in the crosses more often than Trippier was, but... Because Trippier seemed Trippier and Walker and uh, Walker fucking hell and Rose do get to the byline then cut it back rather mm. than just um, whipping it straight in. Mm. But Vertonghen's got a lovely left foot and he he proved that that he may not have the the kind of dynam, dynamism as Rose, but he's got a great cross on him. Have you seen a centre back at Spurs with as much kind of poise and grace as Vertonghen as a centre back? Mm. Not in my lifetime. No. It's beautiful the way he plays. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just 200 for Perez. It feels like he's been, been at Tottenham forever. Seven um, and a half years. 
Yeah, it's um, it's got to be our longest. Hell. Yeah, it's got to be our longest serving player, isn't he? Oh no, Danny Rose. Yeah, yeah I think I think Luis joined a few wow. months after him. Mm-hmm. They all joined in that one that one that window. window yeah. Um, <clears throat> Ericsson as uh, his form hasn't been great in the last couple of games. Um, whereas I think we talked on here before. See, I said that every time the ball leaves his foot, it causes danger. Whereas he hasn't been able to do that. He's been closed down. I think these this kind of ultra defensive play makes it very difficult for him to spi- find the space and the things that he was trying weren't coming off. I think um, Ericsson has suffered from um, not having Kane and Delhi there as well because yeah. he would um, that ball, you know, that back post cross for Delhi is kind of it's their signature move. So I think he has suffered from not having the movement, especially when Sun hasn't been there as well. So now with Sun back and with Kane training again, I, I think Ericsson will pick it up again. But um, whereas Sun is a player that can win games, I, Ericsson is still not quite that player that takes control of a match and kind of can pull us through a game on well, his own. Thing, like when he's at the top of his form, he's, he's impossible to play against because he's yeah, so but, good. But, he, but he's relying on... He's relying on his teammates. Well, these as well. things I said about Luka Modric, and I think we could give a bollock for Luka Modric on our team now. Mm. I just feel it is, it's quite reactionary. A lot of the, a lot of stuff that our fans say. I mean, Ericsson didn't play well against Newcastle. I'm not going to say he did, but to say that, um, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe he doesn't need Deli Ali a little bit, but it's just, just one of those games. No one really covered themselves in glory last week. Um, Son, Son was trying a lot. I mean, I think. Son's performance last Saturday is more about effort than actual things coming off. Yeah, coming off for me. I was kind of waiting for a moment of magic to kind of turn the game on its head, and it was again like it, the game was stunk out. I know that we kind of talk about what else are they going to do? They haven't got the players, yeah. but they were about as bad as fucking Burnley in terms of stinking the place out. And look, I understand it, but it was a terrible game of football, and um, you know it was hard for any of our players to kind of cover themselves in glory. One who did, Lorente, again. I don't think Kane gets back in the first team. <laughs> <laughs> He's been involved in every goal we've scored. Was it an assist for uh, Son? Yeah, it was. It was an assist. Yeah, was, yeah. Um, what, he scored Edda last week against Watford? Yeah. Last he did, week? Yeah. did he score against Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, shit. oh yeah, did, yeah. Shit. What's that? But then he didn't give an assist for the, for the winning goal against Fulham, so... That trick against the... Tranmere? Yeah. Tranmere. Yeah. How many goals he got this season? He's got to be eight or something, isn't he? He's got against West Ham. Yeah, Fucking way, flying! Way back, way back. <laughs> what do you want? Well, Lorente's goal against Watford. What? That was his first Premier League goal in what a year or something. Uh, you can nitpick. <laughs> you, can, you can nitpick, but um, you know. I mean, he's been better than I expected because I expected him to be really shit. But he's, <laughs> there was that header where he then turned around and started blaming the sun. The sun oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, what the sun? The sun got in his eyes. Oh, come on, mate. Oh, what are you supposed to do? I know he's a professional footballer, but sometimes <laughs> the elements are against you. I like the way how much he complained. Instead of just saying, fuck that up, he was like, oh, the sun. Everyone needs to know the sun was in my eyes. Fucking take it down, you idiot. He had time to take it <laughs> he down. He did, he did. I, I, he hasn't got the, the kind of most... Uh, He's, uh, what's, the, what's the word? He's kind of. Um, it's not mobile. No, he kind of his ability to judge a situation isn't great. And, <laughs> but you know, I mean, Jansen's in the squad again. That's good. How do you go? How does Pochettino go from going? Yeah, he's not in my plans to squad number. He's training with the first team. Levy told him to. What? Levy told him to. Mm. What, what are you talking about? Levy said you've got. We're paying this much money. You can't just not have him in the squad. We've not sold him. Yeah, but you, that, that hasn't been reported. You're just assuming, yeah. Well, why else would he take a U-turn? Why would he say he's not in his plans? Mm. And he's in his plans. He's just he's a diminishing... He's, a, he's an asset of diminishing value just sat around. At least in the squad, he... I mean, ha, ha, how, what, 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 what would Jansen cost? Say a... Stoke. Maybe 12 million. No way. If, if Levy... If Vimmer oh, costs 17, 18 million. That's true. But if Levy gets anywhere near 12... No one's allowed to criticise him ever yeah. again because that guy isn't a footballer. Yeah, people million. don't know that. People five to buy out his contract. I just get How much like a free, like a worth? mutual nah. agreement. Like, get him. Two well, and a half. Million. I think we get double figures for him. Double figures. Yeah, wow, that'd be incredible. Only he's, only he's, he's an international striker, man. Come he's on. the he's the worst forward I've ever seen. They only get double figures if you sell him by weight. <laughs> he did score for the under 23s Well done. There's a penalty again. <laughs> was it? A penalty? Fuck, <laughs> fuck's sake. No, that wasn't the penalty. That wasn't the penalty. It was a scrappy goal. Against West Ham. I've criticised Sanchez, and a lot of people have. He had a 
uh, decent game against Fulham, dealing with Mitrovic, but he had a fucking superb game against Newcastle. Rondon isn't a... Um, I mean, he, he's difficult to deal with. He's strong. He's kind of... You know, he does everything a kind of good, old-fashioned Venezuelan centre-forward does, which is... Uh, I don't know if you throw his weight around. He cuts him a long line of them. Yeah. yeah there's, there's... <laughs> can, you, can you name another Venezuelan footballer? No. Benitez, the one that was at Birmingham City. Was he from Ecuador? No, he was Ecuadorian. <laughs> you should. You, no, you're watching South Africa. He's dead now. South, South, Africa. South, South America. <laughs> Is he dead? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, one not dead. No. He's alive. But I think I think some of the some of the criticism towards Sanchez has been unfair. I am massively as a kid. I, I'm a huge fan of Sanchez, and if you look at stats wise this season, Spurs are conceding more chances this year than we were last season, and that comes down fundamentally. Sanchez because, playing more games? Because, no, he played more games last year because right. of a lack of cover in midfield. Our midfield's gone to shit. So a lot of the times when he does get exposed, like the Palace goal, the, yeah. the striker came, the midfielder, whoever it was, just came running straight through. There was no. Yeah, I, I saw that you gave you gave the criticism to the uh, the midfield. We had and both midfielders at left back. As, as Sanchez got outpaced. Who was it you scored? Sanchez got outpaced by. It was a shot. Yeah. Um, but like you said, he is young, and he, he's handling of Rondon, someone who's done him previously. I think last season mm-hmm. um, he got barged off, or he got bullied, of, bullied, by bullied, and, and, and kind of he, he is going to take time to kind of grow into himself, despite being quite a big geezer. But I just don't know if he has a kind of he understands how to use his weight and strength at the moment because he's, he is getting out muscled at times. I think he's I've learning. Got to train him that. Yeah, I've got to train that. Yeah. It's not about. I mean, yeah. Foyth but, is someone who's not massive, but he seems to know how to use how to distribute his weight to not have that happen to him. But I, at yeah. the moment, it just seems to be two camps. It's like. Sanchez versus Foyth. Why the fuck is it? Why is it? Why did they fight? Why are people camp Sanchez or camp Foyth? Because football fans are spastics. Why can't we? Just, just <laughs> Sorry for using that word. Just, have the, they're, just they're have the two of them. We, we should be happy that we've got two young, promising centre-backs. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sanchez remains the better centre-back. Yeah. And we can see that through Poch's selection that he always plays Sanchez when Sanchez is fit over Foyth. But it should, we should be content the fact that we have Foyth there as well. Uh, yeah, and, and, and yeah, for sure. And he offers something very different. And if you look at, um, like I say, Sanchez's performances against Rondon and Mitrovic, two difficult forwards to play against, he's he's done well. He's done well. Well, the fact that they're letting him deal with them shows how much their teammates have faith in him and how much the manager has faith in them. Because surely you just give them to Alderweire to, to to deal with. Uh, Tossage Whetstone on Reddit he said should Harry Winks be getting more credit without him this season we uh, would have been screwed he plays nearly every game for a really busy period as the only central midfielder on the pitch that he, that and he's never let us down apparently he's playing through the pain barrier as well his ankles yeah, um, yeah he's done amazing he's, he's done he's, he's done great he doesn't let us down and he, he does kind of embody again everything that Pochettino is about us but his, his work rate his willingness to get on the ball to be brave and bold it's all there. Um, I'm not sure he will, you know, he'll ever reach the levels of the kind of midfielder we aspire to have at the club. No. But, um, you know, why he's there and he's being trusted to play, he does incredible stuff. It's insane that him and Sissoko are first choice. <laughs> it's, like, midfielders. it's like the time when we, we had uh, Mason and Bensleb, when they just came in, when yeah. Poch first joined. It was like, no one would have guessed that at the start of the season. No, but we have Champions League outfit now. Sissoko so, <laughs> played well again. I'm not even like, mucking about. It's mental what's going on here. It is insane. It's like I've taken acid. He's fucking doping. He's doping. 100%. He's like, he's, he'd done his hamstring and he was back two weeks later. Yeah. He, he, he tried to carry on. He tried to run off a hamstring. It's like the one injury that. you can't run off apart from like a broken leg. I was at, I was at that Man United game and when he went down you could hear the hamstring going yeah. and he got up and it was just like they kind of just took it out yeah I just I run it Put, off yeah like one of those um those um, those cars that you could buy the kit for, and you just remove that one bit, and put the new one mm. in. It's like fuck, <laughs> like Formula One pit stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's kind of just. I, I think he's kind of anabolic anabolic steroids. That's what that's what's going on. With I think most top flight footballers are on it anyway. So they sh- they all should be. They should all be on it. Yeah, we'll die at forty. You know, what I mean, as long as we're entertained, just no, die, we'll... die young. Okay, hang on. Have your kids first. Get your life insurance, but you know, just entertain us. Yeah, I didn't think that through. But what I'm saying is... I'm serious. Yeah, what what sport it would be if everyone was just on steads. That's what I would, I would like to see the 100 metres Olympic final. Yeah. Of everybody on the drugs. Give how, them all. How fast can the they only, run? Well, the only, three seconds. The only person... <laughs> the only sports like combat sports, that shouldn't be done. But with football, just give them everything they want. Yeah. 
And one thing I don't get with football, right, is when like players get banned for doing gear or smoking weed. Like two of the worst drugs for an athlete. Like that doesn't help them at all. Weed helps, but not coke. In what way does weed help? I can't even get off my sofa, let alone fucking. Joe Rogan's <laughs> talked about it, and that um, it can help reaction times in Twitch and all that. What all that bullshit? That's not why Chris Armstrong smoked weed that time. But a lot of the basketball, there's a lot of basketball players who do it, and it's for. Do they get done over there as well? Um, it's one of those open secrets that players it's legal do it now, isn't it? To, yeah, in some states, yeah. You see, they're, they're kind of they're, there's one state that's going to push for the legalization of magic mushrooms. Fucking hell! It's happening. It's happening, boys. If there's if there's a Spurs supporters group in this state, and you want to invite us, you want to pay for us all, all our airfare. Yeah, fucking. We'll do a live show on shrooms. See, Texas, <laughs> no, that's not possible. Not? I've done it. It's, it's, it'd be really hard. Okay, after the show. After the show. Yeah, after, after the show. The show. Uh, I am. Um, we had a, a message from Texas Spurs. Like Ricky was talking to one of them on on Twitter, and like Rick said, oh, it'd be amazing to go out there. And they were like, yeah, hey, come. And then they sent us a DM, and I was like, I, we'd love to, but it could cost a fortune. And then the guy put down a kind of way for us to raise the money to go out to fucking Texas <laughs> and do a show there. Fucking madness. I love it. Yeah, it's, um, it's still like a fucking terrifying prospect. Yeah, it really is. It will cost a fucking fortune. I don't know how we do that, but they seem to think it's possible. So who are we to say no? Um, but, yeah. but I was going to say the the article that Barney referenced earlier on talks about Son being almost like a leader mm. in a way. Do you see that in him? No. In Sun, yeah, um, I mean, lead it from his effort and energy. In, yeah, in the traditional ways, in like banging the chest and getting stuck in, no. But in don't the, get those anymore. But in the way he plays, in the way like kind of Beckham was a leader by setting an example and and doing amazing things. Yeah, for sure, Sun is Sun is a leader. Yeah, um, he's captain of his country, so he's probably used to having the weight of a of a nation on him. Yeah, that, that's um, it's, it's weird. You wouldn't <coughs> excuse me uh, in. Uh, kind of international tournaments, it seems to just be like the best player gets the armband, rather than it, not that it matters anymore anyway. Do you think that Qatar's just done Tottenham a massive favour though? What, is because that if, not if, if Son wasn't, yeah, because if Son wasn't available for those last two games, it could have been a bit nasty. Oh yeah, it would have been fucked. Um, we put out a, um, a poll on Twitter, uh, it says, uh, what result did you want from the City versus Scum game? Um, the options were City, uh, City, Scum obviously, or a draw. Uh, 53% percent said city, forty percent said a draw, and seven percent said scum. Who are these people? That's seven percent. Arsenal fans, you reckon? Yeah, that's a lot. Arsenal fans who follow our podcast account. Yeah, but there was three thousand five hundred people voted. That's a sizable chunk. That's a three or a couple hundred. No, there's a, there were Spurs in there, definitely. Yeah, but well, they probably want they probably want City to drop points so we can, you know, keep being a title race. Did you watch the Did you watch the game? No. Did, yeah. did you, I watched it. Um, I thought it was going to be amazing after the first minute. I was really looking forward to it. Then I got nervous. Yeah. Well, then, it, then it all ended up all right. It was just a kind of complete... They were just. They, they didn't offer anything, Arsenal, really. They were kind of, They were okay in patches, but they weren't kind of... I, 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 there's a lot wrong at that club. You retweeted a good tweet, and I know you've got to remember it. What? You retweeted something yesterday. From where? From George Weah's cousin. That tweet. Oh, fuck, yeah, let me read that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Um, what, what, um... Well, for me, for the game, I mean, I call it small time, but I'm still concerned, more concerned about finishing above Arsenal. So I wanted the ten points. I wanted to go like, ten points above Arsenal. Is is it? Because is it small time? Because I I, I felt exactly the same. Mate, I, I don't get. I don't get what the small time bollocks is all about. Whatever, man. whatever it is. My the most important thing for me was finishing being ten points clear of Arsenal. Now we got that nice fucking wedge of a, a what do you call a space? Now you look up. Yeah, now now we start looking up. Now we've got that that get not that thing between it's us. Set, it's been thirteen points before, though. Yeah, so but that's a that's a nice that's a comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 we're going to finish above them anyway. Do you, do you, you know how I feel about kind of thinking things into reality. No, we're we're going to finish above them comfortably. Uh, follow this geezer on Twitter. He's kind of Ware's cousin, George Ware's cousin. He's very funny. He's got a big account now. He said about uh, Arsenal signing Denis Suarez. Instead of uh, signing Denis Suarez instead of a centre back is the most Arsenal thing of all time. I'm not entirely convinced he didn't already play for them. <laughs> Floppy head and a few skills without any ever doing anything. Textbook Arsenal. Tony Adams will be turning his grave. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel Arsenal. And there's people in the players saying Tony Adams isn't dead. I'm like, yeah. oh, Jesus. but there's also the thing that um, Denis Suarez had a, um, a, a percentage of his profits. So when Arsenal got him. Mm. 
some of the money's gone to Manchester City because they used to own Dennis Suarez. Did they really? Yeah. yeah they, that's, that's where it started out. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Um, he also played for him under Sevilla, didn't he? Yeah. He's centre midfielder, right? Dennis Suarez. Well, kind of, you'd kind of put him wide because he'd just get fucking, a train would run through it. But what, does he, is his main position a number eight? No, I don't think so. I think it is, because I know that Paulinho kept him out of that Barcelona team last season. <laughs> so he's definitely a number eight. Okay. Yeah? So pa- Paulinho's better than Suarez. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm sure. saying. But the, the, what, what I found quite funny about it was, a few years ago, Arsenal were trying to sign Luis Suarez, and that's this. <laughs> their sites have gone so much now. It's a sign. It's symbolic. Ones. Yeah, it's a symbolic signing. Beautiful. Well, we are 10 points clear of him. It does feel good. Um, like you say. That's not- a... Big fucking that is, number of points. That is a big gap. Considering that they're giving it all a large and they beat us at their patch in the league. They went above us that day, didn't they? They did, yeah. Ah. Spurs' brain is doing an excellent kind of thread that every time something happens, from the mo- he recorded the moment from when um, Arsenal beat us at, uh, and they started celebrating, doing laps of honour. He's listed everything that's happened to them <laughs> since that moment. It makes for quite good reading. Where, where is that? It's um, Spurs' brain. Kieran's, I can't remember what his full handle is now. I was going to get him on the pod, actually. He mentioned it. Yeah. Um, Pochettino was asked if he was going to watch a game to which he said no actually that isn't 100% right he said uh, do you want Arsenal to win yeah. and he said no no never he goes <laughs> we will deal with whatever result yeah. and what will be will be but I just love the fact that he, he knew he, he knew he, he, do, he does know he, he does. understands rivalry He's, um, he would never manage Barcelona he's said yeah. that many times he gets rivalries yeah would you do you want Arsenal to win no never <laughs> he just kind of looked at him in kind of abused, in a bemused way I don't want them to win. I mean, it's like West Ham are playing Liverpool tonight. Mm. Don't really want West Ham to no, win. No, but, I, yeah. I want West Ham. I think West Ham are so crap, it doesn't really matter. So maybe if they win, it'll be a bit amusing from that point of view. I, I definitely want West Ham to win again. <laughs> I fucking hate Liverpool so much more. Um, I, was, <clears> I did this interview with uh, Football Republic. It's like a YouTube football thing. And um, they asked this about Liverpool. And what would you do if they won the league? And I was like, I can't even think of a world where that that happens. And he, uh, he said everyone we spoke to has had that exact same rea- reaction. I think it would be the first time the whole... Uh, someone else tweeted in a wicked tweet. It was like, uh, the first time everybody's wanted England, uh, uh, West Ham to win a match since 1966. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like the opposite of the Leicester season when everybody wanted Leicester to win the league. Mm. This season, nobody wants Liverpool to win the I've, league. I've made peace about it. They're going to win it now. I mean, you think? I think City shit in a bed over Christmas is just going to be... What has made this happen? If they'd won their games over Christmas, then even the Newcastle game, you know, just City are just Tottenham but financially doped. They just shit the bed so much. If we if we if we'd beaten um, Man United at home, which we should have done, yeah, and not capitulated against Wolves, we'd be top of the league right now. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, but you could also say those late minute. Yeah, no, no, exactly. fuck that. no, 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 the positive stuff. Yeah. We would be top of the league. Technically, we are top of the league. Well, I mean, given the lack of draws, I mean, we've broken the record now, haven't we? Yeah, 19 wins, the same as the uh, the kind of march towards ultimately failing to, to topple Leicester. Lost and, the same amount of games as well. And finishing above, below uh, uh, Liverpool. Arsenal. Is it the same, same number of games as well? We lost the same amount of games at this point than we did at the end of that season. Uh, fucking draws are boring. Would you, would you accept us finishing fourth if we don't draw a game this season? I want to release a DVD that undrawables. I, I, <laughs> I think the fact that the fourth place, I think Brassel said it in the last pod, the fact that fourth place is no longer a playoff thing, I don't care where we finish, as long as we finish in the top four. What was that, sorry? The, the, fourth, place? the fourth place should be the playoffs, isn't it? You should go to the playoffs and start earlier. Mm. Yeah, it's no longer. No, you don't have to. Oh, okay. Straight to the group, so it um, doesn't make a difference apart from prize money. Uh, a little nod to a special pod we did last week against Pochettino, um, against him, about him. Uh, it, was, it was kind of the deviation to what the fighting cock's usually about. Um, but if you, it's, it's kind of an evergreen podcast. If you haven't listened to it already, please go back and listen to it. It's called He's Magic, you know. Uh, it's kind of an hour long, kind of talk to different journalists and a Man United fan about his opinion on it. And then me, Ricky and John Bass talk about him as well. So go back and have a listen if you haven't already. We've got uh, Windy with a youth update. Yeah. Windy, back to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I've got your back. Hi, this is Wendy, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. And I'll start off with those loanees. Got some new loanees to talk about. So Shayon Harrison has joined Melbourne City in Australia. 
Uh, Anthony Georgiou has joined Levante's B team in um, the same division as Sam Shashi was playing in Spain, so same level there. And uh, Kaziah Sterling has joined Sunderland in League One. He came on for his debut on 56 minutes. They won 1-0, but I looked on the forum, the ready-to-go forum, and they weren't overly impressed by Sterling, though, of course, it's his first game. First game at this level, so I'm sure there's a lot more to come from Sterling, and I hope uh, he gets some opportunities there. Marcus Edwards played 90 minutes for Excelsior in their 2-1 win against Feyenoord, and he played really well. I saw some of that game, and I watched uh, the clips of Edwards that have been released. So Nathan A. Clark has retweeted uh, every touch of Edwards in that match. He did a good job. He was a little wasteful at times in the final third, but uh, created plenty, went on lots of dribbles and made five tackles, surprisingly. So a good hard-working defensive display from Edwards on the right for Excelsior. And Kudu, who's joined Monaco, came on as a 76th-minute sub. Connor Ogilvie played 88 minutes for Gillingham. They drew one all. Carter Vickers was involved for Swansea. He played the full 90 in a 2-0 defeat. And Josh Murray's back from injury. He came on for Sheffield Wednesday on 65 minutes. Moving on to the youth teams, the under-18 match was uh, postponed due to inclement weather. And the under-23s lost 2-0 this week to Brighton. Um, we promoted a few players from the under-18s, so uh, it was a slightly younger team than, than usual, uh, but it's a slightly disappointing result. The coach, Wayne Burnett, said, in terms of possession and dominating the ball, we did that in the midfield areas, but we weren't effective enough at, the, at either end. We tried to get back into the game after going a goal down, but a lot of penalty box entries, but we didn't attack the ball with enough conviction and purpose. The other news is that it's been announced that Troy Parrott has formally signed his first professional contract at Spurs as he's just turned 17, which is the age when players can do so. So that's good news. Uh, And the other news is that our under-23 PL2 game against Arsenal um, at Stevenage, tickets are on sale in advance. You can't buy them on the day. It's on Friday the 15th. And you have to buy tickets in advance. So you can do that by calling the Spurs ticket office um, on 0344-844-0102, option two, Monday to Friday, 9.30 to 5. That's it for this week. If you're interested in more on our young players, follow me on Twitter, at Wendy Coys. That's Coys for coming, you Spurs. Second half of the Fine Talk podcast. Thank you very much, Windy. Cheers, Windy. Happy birthday, Windy. Oh, yeah. is it your birthday? Oh, well, yeah. A couple of days ago. Uh, he put something on Twitter about something his missus did for him. It's like an escape room. Right, I was looking at it, I was like, what What the fuck? An escape room is where you get locked in and you've got to solve puzzles to get out. And I think she did a, an escape room puzzle for him to find his present. That's a lovely TV show I've not seen. That's so. a lovely thing. But I'd been fucking stuck all day. I wouldn't have got my present. I was looking at it, I was going, what, what's going on? Uh, you know, you're not a fan of puzzles, Flav? Uh, I mean, uh, the jigsaw, maybe. How about crosswords? Is tough? Are you a crossword guy? Nah, uh, no. Um, the, the only puzzle I quite like is if I'm watching porn and trying to figure out whether she's enjoying it or, or acting. Yeah. <laughs> Bardi's kind of one is when they're not enjoying it. Or doing escape rooms for real. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> having someone locked up in your house. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway. Yeah. What I remember about the puzzle is when uh, when we beat Fulham, someone sent a tweet in that um, his wife had been doing a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle, and when Harry Winks scored that last-minute goal, he stood up and he just booted it across the room. <laughs> that still makes me laugh. That is incredible. Send us um, emails about the kind of most mental you've ever gone <laughs> on a football uh, or after Spurs scored. Um, what, so locking people up in the room, <laughs> is that what you're doing? It's just role play, isn't it? It's role play, isn't it? How big is it? It's room? not like Joseph Fritzl or anything like no, that. No, you haven't built a dungeon. No. There was this, fuck, I want to say it. I'm not even drunk, but I want yeah. to say it. So, there's a woman who had a bit of a rape fantasy, yeah? And um, I don't think, basically, I built was a surprise there. So, he came with some kind of AT van, and once I opened it in the back. Oh so, he drives up alongside her, screeches tyres, pulled her to the van, and. She, didn't, she wasn't aware. I don't think she was, no. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not going to crack on A that, mate of yours? No. It's one of those, you know, like on Reddit when people ask what's the... Like, um, one of no, no, I get I, whatever <laughs> kinks you're in. What the hell have we got here? Whatever kinks you're into is fine, you know, that's good. I think that Reddit fetish that I put on Twitter was just... Oh, dearie me. What? 
basically people said um, what was the craziest fetish you've had oh yeah I haven't read it well you should have put some together it's when um, because one one guy was was shagging a girl yeah Yeah. and um, he says to her Say you're 12. She's like, what? Oh my god. Say you're 12. <laughs> what? Oh Say you're 12. He said, I'm 12 and he just came. <laughs> and the thing is, it's problematic because it's obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's problematic. Yeah. But it's, it's more of a WTF laugh, like, what the fuck? So I'm very disturbed. I mean, it, it, I guess, I mean, it's. Nah, fuck, let's just leave anyway, it. Anyway, but, but yeah, sometimes it's better, if you're going to fulfill, if you're going to do a sexual fantasy, it's better to do it somewhere like that where she's not 12. Anyway. Yeah, you, well, you're not. Committing a heinous crime, yeah, yeah. That, that is better. Yes, buddy. Like better. Uh, uh, we've got we, we've been kind of requesting articles uh, from people that listen to the podcast or or fancy writing. You can submit your articles to thefightingcock.co.uk forward slash write. Be amazing if you do. We've had a couple that have been a little bit well, one especially has been a bit contentious. Written by Dan Sapphire. Um his article was about supporting Pochettino and Levy. Now that uh, kind of unconditionally, it's about time we get behind both mm. of them. And there was a lot of conversation and chatter about on Twitter underneath the kind of thread. Mm. Um, I think the Pochettino thing got most people got on board with, but uh, Daniel Levy doesn't escape as lightly as, no. as Pochettino, which you can understand. You can understand the reservation. Well, he's a, a polarising character, isn't he? Mm. So I guess people are, are going to react that way. Um, a lot's been said about Enoch. Um, I'm not an economist. I'm not going to go to the whole profit and loss account and all that bollocks. But it's clear that, I mean, if you, you said, I think you said in the pod last week, that... Um, the only money in expend is money that's generated by the club. So mm. we're never really going to be spending like we did in years gone by. But I guess once the stadium's in, in place for a few seasons, we'll generate more money. But that's a frustration of leaving. I wonder if we, if we had spent kind of £50 million on new players in the <coughs> summer, which probably wouldn't have made a great deal of difference to us in about our ability to perform. Uh, got rid of some of the deadwood, but because we got these two new players in, it would kind of satisfy that the fact that the club were working on a, a transfer level. But the reality is that these players wouldn't have got into our first team. Like, would people be well, kind of more well, forgiven of Levy? Then? I think they would have been more forgiven if we hadn't have gone to Palace and been forced to kind of play skip in centre midfield in a game that he was not prepared for. And, and the same team as Ngudu. Yeah, and and <coughs> Kudu. So we went there and we played two players who skip. You know, he's got a lot of potential and stuff, but he shouldn't be starting games like that. No. And in Kudu's just shit. So these two players shouldn't have been near the they team. They shouldn't have been anywhere near the team. And had we bought what, uh, a centre midfielder and had another option up front, then they wouldn't have played. Uh, Harry Redknapp was on did an interview with BT Sport and said he knows for a fact. I he knows. And you have to presume he's telling the truth because obviously he must have contacts inside football. Uh, that Pochettino didn't want to bring anyone in; it was Pochettino's choice. Yeah. So does that not absolve Levy somewhat, or is he just being a nodding dog? Is that well? That's a, that's a problem, though. I mean, um, why would Pochettino pick? Why would Pochettino have a situation like did against Palace by choice? You've let Dembele go. Fair enough, Dembele is not what he was, but he could have done the job against Palace, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a business decision, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I just, I just think um, having two windows and not signing anyone, that's just, that's, that's just insanity. But I mean, the article made a lot of good points. I mean, we've got to back, ultimately, we're only bigger down to brass tacks. We've got to support them. We've got to back the team. I don't think we need to agree. I don't think it's necessary to agree with the chairman. But I think some issues with the article was it was so conclusive and kind of unaccepting of any failures that Levy might have had, and I think that's what got people's backs up. Yeah, I think in, I think. By the end of the season, we'll, we'll probably do a podcast about Levy and hopefully yeah, have, both sides, have both sides represented because the people who are you know, having, their, having their Twitter profiles, hashtag Enoch out, mm. There's a lot they're of generally people. not the most articulate of people. But and that, that's, that's, that's not an insult or a slight, but it's just the case of, um, you know, fuck, I'm a part of our club, Enoch. The scene is, I'm sure that you know we're going to find some people who... You know, have a bit more, have, have actual proper facts. And they scream, say you're 12 during sex. 13. 30. But the Enoch out, out thing. They want to see Nathan Barley. I didn't just say that. Nathan Barley. Nathan Barley. Nathan. Uh, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Levy, Nathan from the Extreme. <laughs> <laughs> the Levy out and uh, Enoch out thing has been going on for a long time, you know. Since I've been on Twitter. So. Yeah. Did you see oh, the protests no. against Watford? Or the one bloke with the with the with the, with the yeah. Bloke. I mean, what I thought there was going to be lots of people there. 
I just, as I said all along, if you feel that strongly, mobilise your crew. He's doing, doing something. something about it. He's doing something about it by his own, but I just think, oh, man, he's got to put your money where your mouth is. If you feel that strongly about something, yeah. you can't just keep saying it. You've got to do something, you know, legally, <laughs> do something, mm. try and do yeah. something about do it. Do something. Yeah, I, I've, just fin- I've just finished reading The Club, which is an excellent book on the history of the Premier League. And you, as you get to the latter chapters, you kind of realise that um, what what the fans actually feel is doesn't really matter to the to the clubs it's all no. about it's all about getting that uh, global television rights yeah absolutely i mean and yeah i mean one guy one guy waving an a4 piece of paper is not even going to make not even going to register you, you could have a thousand people mobilized screaming um leave you out and it wouldn't make no difference wouldn't make wouldn't make a difference at all i mean as you said last week um we make more money from the dortmund games than we will do mm. by getting through the fa cup yeah. when you've got that inequality then that's what's going to happen yeah for sure definitely um troy parrot signed a new contract yeah 17 um we've got to ask a question but i forget the bloke's name what were you doing when you, when you turned 17 oh. and i wanted one of the best answers to that was um, shagging the bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> Seventeen, uh, not a great deal. Early, I can't. Buddy, you must say something. You must something mental. Buddy's got a story for everything. Yeah, like no, something I, mental must have happened. No, like, but I, I know shag. Well, when you were seventeen, it was literally about trying to shag any, like trying to come without using your hands. So anything <laughs> where you could involve friction. What? what? So like, <laughs> I, I understand why the guy said. The understand? Yeah, exactly. That's what life was about at seventeen. Pretty, it was pretty, pretty much yeah. trying to touch a woman. What did you come up with? Just beds, cushions. Beds. <laughs> I never did that. It was all about just trying to touch women. Uh, Are you trying to do that at 17? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But, um, well, no, I had a girlfriend at 17. So, no. <laughs> I was 18. Uh, it doesn't matter. This is not important. Uh, Sam Marlowe uh, submitted an article about Martin Yole's time at Tottenham. And this really did strike a chord as well because mm. I think... It's, it's something that everyone's been aware of for so long about how good a manager he is or was at the time. I mean, he had his massive limitations, don't get me wrong, but and wouldn't work now. But at the right time, right place, when Jack Santini left, kind of came into the the kind of club with the right ethos and right kind of way of, of playing. And, and timed really well because we had a, we had a good core of, um, players, good core of English players and then we had a couple of... Um, What's this, a poor players? Huh? We also had some really poor players. Yeah, but we, the, our core was good. The, yeah. the, the goal, decent goalkeeper, centre defence, midfield strikers. Yeah, someone replied saying Arneson deserves credit. It's not because Arneson who mm. sought these players out. That's true. Arneson was one of them. I, you wouldn't give him credit, but he was there for such a short amount of time. It must have been about eight months. Yeah. I remember but around that it time, did bring a lot of people. Around that time, he brought loads of players. Didn't he bring in Timothy Atuba? Probably, yeah, because he played for Hamburg, and I think Hamburg is where mm. Arneson came from. Um... Yeah, you know that that kit. What kit do you associate with Martin Yole first? The navy sleeves. The yeah. one with the blue crest at the yeah. back. And yeah. what what player? The, the, the navy the navy blue uh, sleeves. Yeah, the, the white kit. It was white body and the sleeves were yeah. yellow. Sorry, the sleeves were navy. But then, so that's like Davids. The, the so that's, a, that's a carrick season. Carrick. I think a carrick. So I don't. I I think the the season next season when we had like a the blue kind of crescent on the back. The white one, uh, yeah, mansion, the white mansion. One. mansion, the mansion kit. Oh, fuck yeah, the chocolate, the poo kit. Yeah, and yeah. It, just Tom Odderson in it. That's all. I think because of um, qualified for Europe that season, isn't it? Mm. That's probably why I remember it more. Yeah, because the first season we didn't qualify. Two thousand six. Yeah, Do you remember the first season we had forty three games or something like that all season because mm. we got knocked out of the cups in the first. Yeah, season, yeah, yeah, the yeah. First, yeah. Like the first attempt. Do you remember the Leicester game? We were two 0 up. I think Starteri scored an absolute blind and they beat us 3-2. Yeah. De Vries scored their win. I remember I do, that yeah. so, so vividly. Didn't we lose in uh, League Cup to Grimsby away but Lennon made his debut and yeah. even though we'd lost Lennon's debut was... 16, wasn't he? Yeah, it gave you... It was a bit of hope there. Grimsby, fuck me. What, um, what, what's, what's your lasting memories of Martin Yo? Was it kind of just the sense, the kind of feeling the had around the club? Did we, did I just, it just made us proud again because before that we were just kind of like not really going anywhere really and... I think that summer, just you know, we had a new director of football, which was Arneson. Um, we had Jack Zantini as a boss. Seemed like a big change. Yeah, it seemed like a massive sea change. And then so we brought Michael Carrick, who was relegated to West Ham. Don't have got relegated the season before. And we brought his new and exciting players. We brought shit loads of players then, and it's just a whole new feeling of optimism. And when we played Arsenal, 
we just felt we felt more confident than we had in the previous years. Mm. You know, before that, like, keep the score down, but then mm. at that point, it's like yeah, we started getting results at Highbury as well. There was the season when, um, wasn't it, Yol and Wenger actually squared up to one another. Yeah, Robbie yeah. Keane. Yeah, and, Keane. and it was just like, it was nice to have a manager who, could, who you knew could probably kill the Arsenal manager. Uh, the, we also got our first victory over Chelsea in the league for about 20 years or whatever it was. Yep. Under Lennon, Limbs. Yeah, <laughs> so it was a kind of, it, 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 kind of, it did, it transformed our club from being that kind of soft, soft as shit. And don't get me wrong, we still had... We still weren't incredible then, but it kind of was the kind of stepping stones towards what happened. And that was the point of this article, uh, all of which you can see on the fightingcup.co.uk. Um, but the point of it was that can this, these were the seeds of what we, we can kind of enjoy and experience now. Yeah. Um, yeah. OK, so remember we, we set up Soldiers Lost in Battle. Um, it's about how you kind of managed to watch football despite things or obstacles getting in your way to prevent you from. So for you, it'd be like going to Ikea, buddy. That would be your soldiers lost in battle. Okay. Sorry. That's right. Well, you said dungeons, the, the dungeon stuff, so that can't be that bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, what kind of people have been kind of reacting to is um, the story about poo. Yeah, the uh, tile. Fuck me. Oh, mate, that was fucking mad. Um, we got this one, though, and the person... Has asked them remain, uh, asked to, to remain, remain nameless. Yeah, nameless. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, for good reason. Seeing as you're a bit high. Yeah, I'm fucked. <clears throat> okay, so, Sanger, so that's a shit story. Is that the title of the story? So that's the new segment is That's a Shit Story. Okay. Okay, I was listening to the podcast the other day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I've read this for the first time, so I've not read it before. So. I was listening to the podcast the other day and heard you talking about weird shit-related stories. I wanted to send you this story because it's about shit, but it was so weird I decided to send it in anonymously so no one could track me. I'm a girl, by the way. Fuck me. <laughs> so I met this guy on Tinder. Oh, God. I went round to his house and we were having some drinks and everything was going fine until I realised I needed this shit. I asked if I could use his bathroom and he said yes but asked if I could just tidy up in there before because he didn't want me going into his dirty bathroom. I didn't think anything of this and didn't question it, so I went to go clean it. He said it would be a couple of minutes. Fast forward 15 minutes and he's still in the bathroom, whilst I'm now desperate for shit. So much so that I shut myself in the hall outside while I was waiting. <laughs> I was so embarrassed by what I'd done that I went upstairs to try and clean myself up and hopefully find another bathroom up there. I was so pissed at the stage that I stayed up there for 20 minutes trying to figure out what I was going to do. This is where the story takes a turn. When I eventually came down stairs, I thought uh, he thought I'd left, but he was wanking himself over my shit. I can only assume he had a shit fetish, so he lost himself in the bathroom because he wanted me to shit myself. Uh, so yeah, right. that's my weirdest story. That's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing, <laughs> but it's not over, right? Because I've got some questions that need to be answered. Go on then. Let's unpack this. Yeah, let's unpack this. Um, and please do respond using your kind of throwaway email. Um, what my my assumption would be when you said you said he needed a loo that it would be for a wee. So how would he have known that that's what you, that you needed a, the loo for? When you'd actually shit yourself, why didn't you leave? Actually leave rather than kind of going up to some random room to fix the problem. And how, I don't know how you can fix that. He thought the house had two baths. She thought the house had two baths. No, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> but still, leave. But then, because you want to walk for the sh- streets, or exactly. Shit. But and, and how would you solve that problem? Um, secondly, what was you thinking that the date was going to go on <laughs> after this? And this is what happens when you meet someone on Tinder you don't know and just go around their house. Mm. Why would you go around someone's house on a Tinder date? I mean, obviously, I know why for some reasons, but yeah. it could be an ex, could be an ex murderer. Maybe they've been out. Maybe. Maybe they've been. I mean, out. look, you know, um, full disclosure, I followed through a couple of times when drunk. And you go to a loo, right? You wipe yourself up. You leave it. You, you put the boxes behind the cistern or in the yeah. corner. Yeah. And you move on. That's probably what she wanted to do. Maybe she wanted to put it in the dustbin. I don't know. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's, that was her thinking to find a bathroom and clean. And, and and when you say he was wanking to your shit, how did she? What? Know? Where? How? Where? Did he, did he put it on a platter or something? Uh, where she was put it? her ear to the bathroom door, I suppose. Well, you fell. It, some fell on the floor. Is that what happened? Oh, so bad. Can you, can you, like, please uh, kind of clear this up? This could be like white teeth, well, like a poo version. This, this could be like a three, four part. And what happened afterwards? What, did you just sort of laugh it off and crack on? Yeah, we need to put on 
Netflix. We need answers, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> what happened? Did after? she ask him if he needed a hand? Is that what I mean? Yes, that could have happened. Let How us know. How would you feel if you if if you were her Sick. and you realised that a girl had a, had no, a, had a no, poo fetish? No, no, I mean you can't. What I mean, it's such. I, look, I feel sorry for these people because they need to find others like them. There's a website but, where you can match on that. Jesus. So like you find your kinks and. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, thoughts of the people who match that kink. That is a golden idea. You just, um, this was I thought of it first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, you can't. You can't. I mean, you, you just there's there's things there's things that people want to do in their current relationships. They know their missus will never go for. Um, I don't know, like buggery. Not with the red. <laughs> I think I think we've I think we've covered that comprehensively. There was another one, but I'm going to save it for next week because I think that's a lot, isn't it? Um, I met uh, this guy at the social, and he's a Spurs fan. He's launched an app that he wanted me to talk about. He first offered to pay, but because I'm a nice guy, I said no. Um, uh, Rich and Toby, both Spurs fans, season ticket holders, have recently launched a new website, SportsSesh.com, which connects sports fans online and in real life wherever they're based. Sports Sesh users can sign up for free and find local bars showing television sports across the UK further afield. This is a rapidly expanded feature that is set to become the most comprehensive, comprehensive impartial database of its kind. Search for and connect with... Basically, download the uh, app. You can find places to watch football with like-minded fans, fans of your own club, anywhere in the world. Um, which is good, because the Fighting Cock Social could be on there. There was a bit of a concern with that, though, because... Well, um, this is their business, their livelihood, what are you doing? Well, you know, you've got to, it's like Dragon's Den. Mm. You know, put the business in front of us, we've got our, got our concerns. Is it? What if they say, yeah, watch Spurs v, I don't know, Chelsea at the 12 pins? You've got to have some kind of filter which says, <laughs> oh, yeah. which says well, you can't watch it at this pub because you might get your face smashed in. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, I don't know, you might go to, you might go to a West Ham so pub. some nutty Spurs fan <laughs> yeah. sets up the meat at the 12 pin in, in Brisbane Park. <laughs> Fucking love it. Uh, Speaking of which, are you allowed to talk about the project you're working on? What one? The one about Tottenham Boys. We are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, I talked about it in the pod. I think before we we kind of doing. Everybody knows. Um, oh boy, a lot of people know about this book, Tottenham Boys. We are here. It's produced in 1978 by a uh, kind of student photographer called Paul Womble. Um, <coughs> as I understand it, you got a grant to do this project, and he followed Tottenham around in the, when they're in the first division. Uh, and took pictures, made a bit of photojournalism, kind of culturally significant work. Um, and I've, I've known about it since I was in my teens because my brother had a copy of it. And it was, you know, when it was produced, there's only like 150 of them available on the, and they were sold on the high road. They naturally sold out. That that original copy now must be worth thousands yeah. because a photo, a uh, colour photo reprint does produce some point that probably early 2000s. Uh, that sells for about a grand on Amazon now if you've got one. So my brother owns a copy of that. Anyway, I've been fascinated by this book for ages and we've found some people that are in it. Um, we've found some people that are uh, kind of going to talk about what it was like following Spurs back then and what culture was like and what football culture was like and the punk scene around it. And also we're trying to track down Paul Womble, which has been an absolute fucking nightmare. Every Every single alleyway that I've walked down to try and find him, there's been no one there. It's been just... It's like crackhead alleyway walking down there. <laughs> nothing but kind of misery. Um, anyway, so we still can't find him, but we don't need him to produce, uh, kind of be in the film to make it, but it would be a nice juxtaposition between someone who's become a hugely successful person in the art world and football culture in the 1970s. Yeah. So that film we're working on, I mean, we're hoping to get it out in the summer, but it's kind of, we're doing our first shoot tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, in Tottenham. Um, I won't say work because all the fans, all the fans have come down. People are weird. Yeah, no, no, they're not weird. <laughs> uh, Spurs Barcelona says a hacker tells you their footage of, from your webcam of you watching horrendous porn. The video is split screen so people can see what you're watching. He threatens to release it to everyone who you've ever known. You can only stop by making it, well, making Ken go to Woolwich. What would you do? Okay, no, you've got to go. I can't. I mean, I haven't seen. I I don't think I'm watching porn that's any different from any other man. No, I don't think I'm watching anything. But everybody's going to get a video of you cracking one off. Everybody. I'm not bothered about that so much because even that I can kind of deal with because everyone does it. Everyone does it. But there may be some kind of kinks that I'm into or porn I'm watching that might get me in trouble. And I'm not. That's nothing illegal. 
Nothing illegal. No. Just to put that line there. I've never watched any anything illegal. Um, I never go beyond Pornhub, but there is some mental stuff on there. <laughs> <laughs> and the older you get, the harder it is to get one off. You know what I mean? You gotta go go a bit go go a bit further. Yeah. I mean, um, I saw something about about this. There's a genre called giantess, where women are gigantic. Like, not gigantic as in Is fat, it? but gigantic as in really tall. T loves a strong woman. And, um, yeah. and they get that, and they, that. They have that little, they have that little guys are like five foot five. Well, just getting thrown around by the woman. Yeah. Mate, it's incredible. T always talking, T wants no, to I be know. picked up I, and fucked. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be picked up, I like watching, I like watching that happen to other people. <laughs> no, I have to lose a bit more weight for that to happen. No, it's fair enough. Um, uh, Bardi, I'm not even going to ask you because you know that the answer is Ken going to Willage. Well, you said the same. Ken going yeah, to no, I know. I'm just saying. I'm not going to ask you. I think I probably should do. I probably should do that. Yeah, Ken going to Woolwich. Because you've got to think about what happens to your life afterwards. Because mm. your missus probably leaves you. Yeah, can't. Uh, I'll be able to get a job. Yeah, um, it's in the ether forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. It'd be on your LinkedIn profile. Imagine people exactly. know. Yeah, people know. I thought to change my name by deed poll and just disappear. Yeah, you'd, you'd actually, you'd, you'd feel like you're on the register. Yeah, pretty much. Centerpiece1 on Twitter says, is there a player who you get nervous, excited in front, uh, for in front of goal because you desperately want him to score? I think he gave an example about Lamelo. Yeah, I remember when Jansen, first season, I was like desperate for him to score. Uh, Soldado. Soldado. Yeah, that was another Paulinho, one. I used to be desperate for Paulinho to score. Still am. Mm. <laughs> um, I think Sissoko is obviously that guy right now. So you, you, he, that would be amazing. He need, he deserves one. He had yeah. a decent chance against Newcastle. He hit on the volley. Yeah, it was a good chance <laughs> there. Not a bad... Not... But the rebound, no one was there. It's mm. so annoying. Um, Zakora historically, because yeah. he never did get a goal. Stefan Freund is another one, didn't get a goal. I hate it all right. That's fucking Stefan Freund. I was glad when he left. I know Stefan Freund loves me, but fucking... He t- firstly, he doesn't. doesn't love you. And secondly, he was garbage. He was. And thirdly, he let Roy Keane chase him around the pitch and he ran away. Was it Was it Keane or Ferguson? Roy Keane, I think. Yeah, Ferguson's scariest fuck. Probably the scariest footballer and we've had in the Premier League. Oh, Duncan Ferguson. Yeah. Do you remember that when he punched the geezer in the stomach <laughs> against Wigan? Oh, God, yeah. And Jimmy Budlar's looking at him like he's fucking mad. <laughs> he went to prison and he was... And no one touched him in prison. The Scottish prison as well, so yeah. not like no soft... Not like the soft, cushy one as well. Yeah, I'd probably say um, Zakora and Sissoko modern day. Sissoko, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping Sissoko saves it for a massive game. Yeah. Yeah. Sissoko will see opening game at the new stadium who would score the first goal at the new stadium who would you love okay, uh, Kane Kane should score it just for you know symmetry score, symmetry exactly but um, can you imagine Sissoko scores a last minute winner against Arsenal to make it 4-3 that right. would be because I, I remember him scoring some fucking rifled shots for, for Newcastle yeah. yeah do I remember that right yeah he scored a goal against Chelsea I think in his debut yeah mm. uh, footy logic he says would you rather shit and would you rather shit in the only toilet at a crowded house party knowing it would stink and clog the toilet or shit privately in garden bushes? Well, privately. It privately means that you can't be seen. Yeah, but you're going to have to prepare. you have to take toilet paper and stuff out. I'd probably just go home if I need to run that badly. You know, like when you're in, in public and you see a human poo? And you're yeah. like, what the fuck? How does that happen? You can always tell, can't you? You look at it and you Yeah, know. you're like, that's, that's human. Yeah, it's human. Yeah. When you, when you visualise this party in your head, yeah. what kind of gaff it is or what kind of garden is it? It's like a middle class mm. kind of crowd. So the garden's like end. acres, so if you go to the very end, no one will see you from the house. Not acres, but, but big. Well, an acre. Like, an acre's like, big enough. Like, the house, like this house. Yeah. Otherwise it wouldn't be a house. It's not an acre. House parties are always at nice houses, otherwise it's yeah. just a fucking, what is it? Otherwise it's just a, a crack. A crack. Part, crack party. I've not been to a house party for years, so I don't know. Barley's always at parties, so he knows more than me. I'd probably just, I'd, I'd, I'd just smash the toilet up, I don't care. Yeah, I, I went to a house party on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, it was alright there's loads of kids running around oh, there so is. That's, that's, that's not that's I, not right is it I had to lock myself in a room to do all the gear so <laughs> shit that's not true <laughs> Flav's clean oh, yeah, very clean um, uh, yeah um, no definitely uh, just get in, get in the garden bush I reckon but I'd probably just go home never you'd just be that guy wouldn't you Stinks. It'd be like House Party. Remember the film House Party? Yeah, the yeah. guy on a high top. <laughs> the guy in a leather jacket. It looked like he could shit some bricks. Completely broke the toilet. <laughs> Classic film. Uh, what, what, is the, what is the kind of weirdest place you've ever done a poo? In terms of being caught. And uh, do you know what? Lee, Leroy, a friend of the podcast. Good friend of ours. He says when, when, you're at, uh, when you're at work and you need a loo, you go to the cubicle 
and then someone comes in, do you wait for them to leave before leaving? Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I do. So if they're having a wee, wash their hands, you let them go. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, let I try go. to. I try to. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you think fuck them. No, sometimes if, if I'm in the middle of something important, and I need to go for a poo, then I have to go back to my desk. Then I'll just do the walk of shame. <laughs> something important. Sometimes I like coming out of the cubicle, washing my hands, and then someone else coming into the toilet, and then watching them. They've got. They know. I've, they've just been. They know there's a good chance I've had a shit, and they've got a choice of one in three. And watching to see whether or not they go into my cubicle and whether or not they got the they man get, enough to, they to get, stick it out or they bottle it and come out. They, I get, feel they get hit in the face with a poo. I thought I found it walk back out. Yeah, get out of my face. Uh, J- Josh Dean Yid says, uh, "Do you think Kane's clo- do you think Kane's closest? Sorry, do you think Kane's closeness to New England Patriots could help us in the short term? Their success has been astonishing." And small things Kane talks about with Brady could be relayed and maybe, just maybe, help the mentality so that one day win a semi-final at least. Uh, no. No. That is madness. Well, Kane... I probably think maybe it could rub off on them a bit, but I just think in, in a, there's so many variables, though. I mean, it's a bit like Kane being friendly with, I don't know, fucking Stephen Redgrave and Daley Thompson. These guys have won countless medals. Um, yeah. If you're playing for a team you won't sign a fucking player, you're not going to win the league because you've... What is, what is the New England Patriots? They are the team who won the Super Bowl yesterday in the NFL. And they're a very successful team. And Tom Brady was someone who started out was someone who started out not very highly rated. A bit like Kane, really. Mm. And he made it big. Best quarterback of all time. The old gridiron. Yeah, the old gridiron. The old pigskin. Pigskin. Um, Massive fans of three of us, as you can tell. Last chance you was good. It's amazing that, yeah. The dog, I mean, the, when, when, they went back, when they went back to... Um, yeah. Don't spoil it for anyone, but I was, I was, I was quite sad. Yeah. I, I, I celebrated touchdowns, like Spurs scoring. So yeah. watching that. It was so good. Um, I got recommended QB1. I, I didn't enjoy it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is that it? That's it, isn't it? Well, that's, that's pretty much it, really. Thank um, you, boys, for coming down. Uh, let us know any other stories you've got, the, the most mental way you've ever, ever celebrated a Spurs goal and the things that have happened. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next... Actually, to, towards the end of the week. Put, put, putting out another pod towards the end of the week. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Podcast Network. Sports Social 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 Podcast Network. Network.